you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Around the NFL podcast. How much do we want to baby these people? <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am coming to you from a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's that? What's that supposed to be? Yeah, what is that attached? That to? was my favorite money drop. Yeah, in I like I like the idea of now he's just gonna start uh, coming after us with his own personal takes. Is it, it us though? I feel like it's a pull quote from a previous episode that none of us remember. I feel like I've said that exact quote at least twenty times on this show over the years. But if money does start getting aggro, it makes sense. It's he's been getting uh, he's been doing this labor for free for about <laughs> six years now. Yeah. It seems like it would break a labor law at some point to not be compensating a contracted employee to do extra work around the office for us. Mm. Not um, that I want to raise that up the the flagpole, as Wes likes to say. <laughs> this is the post-Super Bowl calendar. I was out a week ago. Missed our Thursday show. Wes, you'll be out this Thursday. Correct. Um, for your baby moon. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was supposed to go public, but yes. It's out. It's out. It is can't that, come back. I mean, we could pull it back right now. We could do a, the old classic stop down. Well, I think this is one of those deals where you just take what's coming to you, and I'll I'll take the punishment if I have any coming. But and it's, I mean, I'm not the one who created the baby moon. No, and I'd like to. We know weren't who pegging did. you with that. <laughs> Quite frankly, I'd like to know who did create the baby moon, because you also, and it's on your radar that you have a quote unquote push gift to uh, 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 procure for your lovely wife, Lakeisha. Well, two phrases that have entered my life in the last year, and I'm of the opinion they probably entered American pop culture within the last couple of years. These phrases did not exist a few years ago. They are made up like the couple shower was made up in the 1990s just to satisfy the fact that women 
are taking much more control than men in relationships than they were back in the day. Whatever happened to Gary Cooper? He died. Is Cooper getting a push gift? Because here's the thing. We're married now, okay? We have limited, unless you're well off, we are coming from the same financial pool here. And I'll tell you something, as a young father, as you guys all are, um, it's expensive. Should we be buying a big hunk of jewelry when a child's on the way? I don't buy jewelry as a general rule. The gift thing, uh, I like that idea. The baby movie, I think people are doing that somewhat. I don't like putting like a, a name and, and a requirement on the, the baby. Like You probably went away with your wives while she was pregnant at some point just to take a, a break because that's what people do. It may not have been branded yet. Though. Right. That's, it, wasn't, it wasn't, hey, because you're pregnant. It's like, hey, this is uh, our last chance to do something maybe. Uh, for a little bit. Uh, Got to get that going before the woman is pregnant, though, if you really want to go on a vacation and let loose. But then you don't know. Suddenly you're pregnant and bang, I, I wanna, it ends. What if the gift... Bang involved. Like you, that, I guess the gift, it's tricky because it's, it's like, you know, she's giving birth. Like, what gift is really going to measure up? You can't, like, give her a Barnes & Noble gift card or something. Well, I'd say, what are you telling? And I get... I get like, that you the, can't really match the baby. I so get that you're creating these spot. gifts about everything, but a push gift is a gift on top of the fact that a... New life has been created. What are you telling the daughter or son that's arriving to the earth? You're good, but actually we need to get a trinket for it. Now, the women do amaz- they do amazing stuff, but it's like we're attacking a gift on top of new life. Mm. What are you telling the child like psychologically 20 years later? That, I mean, it's all fair, Mark, that you bring it up. Wes, I'll throw out one for you. I know you're a guy as you get older. You like to you know sit back with some jazz. <laughs> see what see how Lakeisha likes it if you give her like a nice jazz mix CD, a gift aimed at Wes, <laughs> a CD. <laughs> like here are some jazz songs I like that I ripped onto a CD, and here it is for you. You can make a playlist. You know, I feel like I've already given no, ripped her the CD physical data. <laughs> I feel like I've already given her progeny, and that's enough. But. But you know, this is one of those you got to pick your battles things, and I don't feel like well, this is something. You, I'm unfortunately, gonna... you didn't. You just picked one, I think, because she listens to the podcast, and I don't think she's going to like the previous three minutes here. Yeah, as but long you do, as she gets I, her baby moon and her push gift, she doesn't care. I think okay. your battle is you're allowed to come I here and say you, what you Keisha. want, but you're doing everything she asks every single time in this this arrangement. I, I'm not hearing you win any battles, so. Oh, I don't take those. The battles that I win, I don't take public. Mm. Jazz mix that's, CD. That's right. I walked into the newsroom today, and Keisha immediately got on my case for... Uh, giving her some sort of grief I don't even remember in the last show. So I just want to say I'm on the side of the uh, the push gift. So you're Make pandering. It Once it's just yes. the, it's the typical Greg Leverpool yes. pander to whoever is controversial and hope it doesn't seem totally fraudulent. Yeah, that's the exact opposite of what Greg told me on several walks home from bars mm, in, in Miami. There you go. <laughs> Ouch. And uh, Greg, you're here. You, you're potentially in the mix of jury duty, but... Do you think the and so far they haven't needed you? Do you think they're aware that you are by nature a contrarian? I think even you would say you like to mix it up and no, I'm not tell the story from both sides. Uh, you're even not a contrarian on top of whether a, you're a contrarian. an original thinker. Um, do you think the L.A. court system is like we don't want that guy in a jury room? <laughs> I hope we gotta we gotta hold slate of cases. We gotta keep moving through the system here. Well, I I did get called uh, for a, a big dog biting trial just four Huge. years ago. So they, I, my reputation, I guess, didn't precede me then. But I got a, I got good it's advice not a big deal. from someone to get uh, out of jury duty, which I had never heard before. And I, I think this is good advice. Uh, just stare 
at the lawyer. Just just stare them down. Just stare them down while they're going through everything to the point where it's like awkward and they they'll, they'll never pick you. Like you're like, a Cape Fear. People type are like, situation. "Ooh, I'm going to like pretend that I'm, you know, you know, really angry about like you know, whatever the case is. I'm a cop's niece. Right, exactly. It's like, but I, you don't want to do that. I don't want to be, you don't want to be lying. You don't want to be making up a story or acting. But this idea where he says, if you just stare down the lawyers and just be weird about it, they'll just be like, I don't want this guy. Tell us how I that like goes. That. All right, well, good luck. <laughs> good luck. All right, today's show. Uh, we're spinning the QB carousel. It's been, it's been a bit. We haven't done this in a while. And what? how fun is it Ricky, let's spin the QB carousel. Because is there ever been a better QB carousel this time of year? I say no way. Especially with the news that became official yesterday of Philip Rivers. Now he's definitely in the mix. So maybe a game, maybe we'll we'll see how, how close we can get uh, to nailing all these guys. Maybe we'll we'll kinda right now make a what's that mark? I don't know. I mean, if I'm just driving around and I heard just the last sentence that you that you ah! said, yeah. What I say? <laughs> don't Erica understands. She it's she right. played the appropriate sound clip. Uh, can't, so immature. Um, so we're gonna go through every player, uh, talk about what makes sense logically when they're they the carousel stops where they could head, where they should head, where they will head. Before we do that, some news. I plan to play football. So, yeah, I mean, again, I, where, where that's going to be, I think will get sorted out over the next, what is it, three months, I guess. I've never been in this position. I, don't, I usually don't even know when the league year starts and when all those things are. So, oh, shucks. Um, we'll just kind of see. Again, I, I'm very thankful for the 16 years, and, and, and if there's another, I'll be thankful for that one. Ah, yes, those are the words of Philip Rivers at the conclusion of the regular season uh, over a month ago. And yes, the the path yet remains completely clear for the veteran quarterback after the team and Rivers mutually agreed that the quarterback will enter free agency and will not return to the Chargers. The team announced that on Monday and a statement went as follows from Tom Telesco, the GM. After stepping back a bit from last season, we reconnected with Philip and his represent representatives to look at how the 2019 played out, assess our future goals, evaluate the current state of the roster, and see if there was a path forward that made sense for both parties. As we talked through various scenarios, it became apparent that it would be best for Philip and the Chargers to turn the page on what truly has been a remarkable run. Uh, Greg, I know you have uh, been outspoken uh, on social media that maybe the Chargers haven't given Philip Rivers the respect he deserves. How did you like how yesterday played out? I mean, they they tried to get out in their mind in front of it. We already kind of knew this was happening. There wasn't much more they could do. The statement that that ownership gave was very strange, um, but it, 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 I think it sort of doesn't matter. I, I guess at this point, how how they handled it, they clearly wanted to go in a different direction. Rivers seems like he's fine with that. One thing that really struck me was Eric Weddle's comments that he was really excited when he left the Chargers to find out what or other organizations are like. And I think Philip Rivers uh, has probably that instinct with him too. He He's talked to a lot of ex-Chargers who have played on other teams. And it's a case 
where it really is mutual. I mean, the Chargers didn't want him, but I think Philip Rivers is ready to at least see what see what's behind door number two if there's anything good. I think the one of the biggest misperceptions out there is that because he's got this house in Florida, he's definitely going to a Florida team. And Mike Garofolo touched on this. Do people and actually think that? People, people believe that? that he's going to the Bucks because he's got a house One in track Florida. minded. And Mike Garofolo talked about. It. He said, "I've been told to ignore geography altogether with Philip Rivers. That it really means nothing to me. The Colts seem to make the most sense, but." I'm sort of interested in this because there was a scenario if one or two plays goes differently in that game where Tyrod Taylor is warming up on the sideline ready to go in for him, there's a scenario where he's benched for the final two months of the season, hence his value is perceived a little bit differently on the free agent market. This is the guy the Chargers have been ready to move on from for a while. We we watched that moment in that game together, the Chargers game, and I always felt like there was a lacking and a lagging support from Anthony Lynn and the coaching staff down the stretch. And we talk about, does Belichick want Tom Brady back? Well, I think Anthony Lynn was a factor in this too. And it just strikes me that, and Greg, I think you brought this up last week, and it is a very Chargers-esque um, San Diego into LA transition thing, but the departure of Nick Foles from Philadelphia after one amazing, one or two amazing seasons there, I get what he did, was... 10 times more newsworthy and drawing more magnetized hot takes and opinions and what happens next than this, where he sort of floats on from a team he's been the ultimate Iron Man from, from for a decade and a half. It's probably because yeah, they've lost their fans in between. And, you know, he, he's a San Diego guy. It is crazy. That, you know, there's a lot of stats that are inflated because of the era you play in. You know, Rivers is sixth, I think, in, in touchdowns and yards all time. Uh, but he's also eighth in wins. And I'm not a huge QB wins you know, You're guy. not allowed to be anyways, so but don't even try. That, that's not a stat that's inflated um, because of era, and it really does show how how long and how much he's played and how much they've won the Chargers. That he's the eighth most winning quarterback in NFL history is kind of – when I saw that, I was, almost, I was shocked by that, but it, it makes sense considering how many straight games he's played. I'll miss him. I'll miss him. If he doesn't get it – he seems like he has a decent – at least a chance to retire. I feel like. Really? I think he has no interest in retiring, but I just don't know, and we'll, we'll get to the, the wheel, if there's definitely a starting job the out there for him. The, the, the carousel. Is he going to want to keep playing to be someone's backup? I don't know. Do you, here's a what if for the ages. I know this is kind of Dave Downs. I'm not assuming territory. he's getting a job. I'm guaranteed, I guarantee he's getting a job. Hmm. Maybe some of the lack of... Uh, starting job? Yes. Fanfare, save for the carousel. Um, is because obviously you made the point about San Diego never won a Super Bowl. If if he wins a Super Bowl with the Chargers in 2007, I wonder if there's like a whole other universe where that the what comes from winning a Super Bowl and the the fan swell and all that stuff. If they ever leave San Diego, hmm. well, I, I mean we've seen you know what Peyton Manning did for the city of Indianapolis, what Brett Favre did for Green Bay, things like that, where you know there are massive economic impacts. I can't think of a quarterback leaving a team who's done more for the team where the team did not even nearly enough for Phillip Rivers compared to what he did for them and that he leaves and it's like a fart in the wind. It's like there couldn't be it, it, one dried-up press release. It's a, I don't want to defend the Chargers, but I will say this, that they are in a different position. than You can't like look at what the Giants just did with Eli and be like, well, look at the – they gave him a press conference and threw him a parade. Well, Eli was done. He was retiring. It's a little awkward because Rivers, they don't want him to be their quarterback anymore, but he wants to go be a star quarterback for somebody else, and that's a little tricky. But uh, 
you would hope that when this is all over, whether it's in a year or two or three, who knows with Rivers, that there is eventually a press conference and the Chargers do it the right way. Uh, but I guess we'll have to wait to see. I mean, the, the crazy stat in terms of lack of support is I went back and looked at the PFF pass blocking grades the last few years. The Chargers were 30th and 31st the last two years, which is one reason why I think Tom Brady uh, should not go to the Chargers if, if they're as interested as Blood everyone bath. says. Uh, they haven't had an above-average pass-blocking offensive line, according to PFF, since 2007. I mean, that's 12 straight seasons of, uh, of inadequacy. That's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing that he held up and that he succeeded as much as he did with, with that in what was mostly a bad running game, too. Did his... And maybe the metrics you're referring to, it could be explained. But did he, as a one of the most classic stationary pocket passers of his generation, maybe the prototypical guy, would that lead to your offensive line numbers being hurt uh, because he wasn't somebody that was able to move? Uh, or are those things... Shouldn't it definitely? I, well, the, in PFF's grades, they would say no because they're grading individuals okay. on, on a play-to-play at. basis. And Rivers, I think, is best trait is, I think his defining trait is how good he is versus pressure. I don't know if there's a single quarterback of the last 20 years who uh, stands in there and makes throws against pressure. Well, there was, I mean, he doesn't take a lot of sacks but either. Stone Age ponies tend to make their lines look less attractive. But he well, has, I don't he, care what he was not a guy who took whoa, a lot of sacks, whoa, whoa, though. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stone Age ponies, we're in a different era now than we were five years ago and ten years ago. Quarterbacks like Rivers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, all Stone Age ponies, by your definition, made their offensive lines look so much better because of what they did before the snap. Well, hold it. So there's a difference between Dan Marino has a quick release and he's a Stone Age pony than Joe Flacco just getting massacred because he also can't read the field quick enough and he and he cannot move and he cannot save himself. Joe Flacco you know. was never in Rivers and Brady and the Mannings class as far as pre-snap recognition. Well, like when I say Stone Age pony, I'm not exclusively talking about like top 10 quarterbacks of all time. I'm <laughs> talking about slow guys who can't move in the pocket, whether they suck or they're great. Well, those, I, guys, those guys aren't coming out of college anymore. Those guys basically don't exist anymore. Dying and I think that's one of the reasons why this is the most extreme buyer's market we've ever seen at quarterback is because the game has changed. And Ooh, we're behind. Tease, Wes. We're about five years behind the curve where five years ago, NFL types said, we can't trust offensive linemen to come into the league anymore and block defensive linemen. And now five years later, they're saying we can't trust quarterbacks who can't make the first guy miss on pass rush. And I think teams are looking for a totally different quarterback now than they were five years ago. I was out of town this weekend, Wes. Um, But, you know, I stayed attached to the West Coast via the Graham. I just got to say that slow motion walk on Abbott Kinney. Oh, that was something else. with With the jacket slung over your shoulder and the aviators on and the sun you know, shining off the aviators and Lakeisha with that luscious Beyonce lemonade hair. Whoa. Power couple. Well, I I think this is all because of phone technology now. (laughs) Like there was nothing scripted about that moment. It's simply what phones can make you look like now. Saucy. All right, moving on. Yes, the carousel's coming up. Speaking of the carousel, Taysom Hill. You know Taysom Hill. In fact, the NFL Twitter... Uh, got a little crazy yesterday because um, Taysom Hill and the and the discussion about where he stands, what his future is in the NFL, what he can do, and Hill stoked those flames in a recent interview with the AP. Had this to say, I definitely view myself as a franchise quarterback. I think as you look at the other questions, 
Is it New Orleans? Is it New Orleans? New Orleans? Is it somewhere else? As you go into free agency, this is the time that you start to find out how people view you. We haven't gotten into free agency long enough to really know how these guys view me, and we'll just handle it as it comes. The Saints have three quarterbacks hitting free agency. Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, and Taysom Hill. Hill doesn't sound like a guy, uh, Mark, that... Uh, it wants to do the thing where he throws the ball five times and runs 50 plays all season anymore. Well, he's not 22, and I think that if you're him and you're looking at the trajectory of your chances to become a starter, it's sort of a sell-high moment because he was the most magnificent player in that Saints-Vikings game. They lost, but... I haven't heard that. No one has brought that up <laughs> well, in the last But he does, every time he kind of touched the ball, he did things that you oh, want, no, just I agree. want to see more. And you're turning 30. I don't know... It's going to take a team of a specific type of faith in looking at Taysom Hill that way. I know people like to point out Mohamed Sanu has more pass attempts than Taysom Hill. I get it, but there's a, a, a lot one. of that's a good one. That's though, true. It's true, but that, but every time they've <laughs> used him, he's got, he's he's got more perfect. than Joe Burrow too. <laughs> different different situation, but I, I would I would if I could pick, would like to see. Taysom Hill, and we'll get into this, stay right where he is and be maximized in a different way than last year and maybe hit a, hit a double-headed quarterback system. But he's, he's not – It's a, these quotes are weird because he's not a free agent. He's a restricted free agent. And, if, and it seems to me that Sean Payton is just trying to create a market for him because they would love someone to give up a pick for Taysom Hill, I guess. Wait, what's yeah. Sean Payton doing? What kind of pick? Sean Payton spoke with – you know, spoke with uh, – with what was it, the Peter King podcast or whatever, saying, you know, hey, like he, if someone wants to go get him, you know, that would, that, if we put a first round pick on him, like that is just, you know, what we would have to get back, you know, for, for him to, to move on. If they did put a first round pick, I mean, no one's giving up a first round pick for Taysom Hill. I, I, I hesitate to be. Because I just don't, I think if you look at the history of. The history is very rich here. What people have given up picks for, a guy with that little experience throwing the ball in the NFL, there's there's no reason for me to think that any, I don't think anyone would give up a third round pick uh, necessarily for Taysom Hill. Ooh, but I disagree it, there. It doesn't, it sort of, like who are these teams out there? You don't know until the, it until it happens, right? And I think that's what Sean Payton and Taysom Hill and his agent are trying to do is create a market. Because to me, Sean Payton spoke with actions. I mean, Drew Brees was not on the field for five straight weeks, and Taysom Hill didn't play. And so he he said to me, "I do not believe that you're a, a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. No but, matter but how that, many t- people he's been telling you, think that would play out again next year if the same maybe thing I don't Teddy know. Would can be, we can we put it in context? What? That he paid Teddy Bridgewater more than any backup in the league, and he already made that bet, so he had to lie him. But you play, you play who you think is going to win you your games. I mean, it, he paid $7 million to Teddy Bridgewater. It's I'm not just adding crazy. context to his decision. Right. It wasn't as simple as you make it. I think it is, though. I think he's trying to win, and he thought Teddy Bridgewater is the best chance to win. Oh, imagine, right? Mark, imagine Wes and Greg both on the same jury, but having mm. different opinions on something. And then the other... Uh, I mean, I'm on team. Sure. Get out that, of there. That could be a that could be like a a vague traffic t- ticket that stays in LA court systems for the next seven I mean, or eight months. You, 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 mis- you misread my uh, motivations. No, we I don't. was on a jury. My I am on team. Get home as soon as possible. You know, whatever that whatever what about team justice. Yeah, you don't care if you're going to put a, a, an innocent man behind if it's behind a, bars if to it, get home. If in it's time? a dog biting civil trial, no, I don't care. You know, uh, whatever everyone's going with, let's get out of here. <laughs> 
I don't think Wes would let you get out of the deliberation room that easily. You would no, fight for justice. We have no leadership in this country. What's my motivation for serving on a jury and doing a civic duty Ooh. when no one else in this country All right, cares? everyone's out on this, this chore, this civic chore. <laughs> Next topic. You've you've stated, Mark, that you'd be totally cool with like a seven month homicide, thorny I, issues, yeah, total, I want a, I want total like sequester a, scenario. A one of these cases that just becomes more explosive, multi layered, <laughs> and it's like, guys, I know that we said this would only take a month, but we now have to put you up in a hotel. You can't see anyone else from society. You can only hang out together, mm-hmm. and this is going to go in like eighteen, nineteen months, maybe a trial of the decade, if not. Something that makes the OJ trial look like a, a, a dog ship bite into the case. distance, right? Yeah. Something that it's not just about the people in the case. You, you hold up the mirror and there's America. I mean, you come like out of, of it talking to like Larry King Jr. You come out of it with like <laughs> two or three, two or three books that you self like. You know, and when you're allowed to talk after, you just do the talk show circuit. Who's you, Larry King Jr.? I mean, I'm assuming Larry King would be gone by the time this would be <laughs> happening. Still out of around. the mix. I didn't even know there was a Larry King. I'm saying this happens ten years from now. Um, moving on. Uh, the Sports Business Journal has an interesting report that the NFL may add flex scheduling to the next Monday Night Football co- uh, contract. Interesting. Uh, re- the SBJ reports that the NFL has asked teams for feedback on moving games from Sunday to Monday during the season. The league asked teams questions like how much notice they think they would need to prepare a move from Sunday afternoon to Monday night. And uh, it should be known that any such change could not be made and would not be made until the new TV contracts are agreed upon. Uh, the current ESPN Monday Night Football deal runs through 2021, and the league Sunday deals uh, with CBS and Fox and NBC through 2022. So this is kind of a down-the-road type thing, and it made me think once again there is, and we talked about this, It's been, it's gone kind of quiet on this front, but it bubbled up last month that ESPN was perhaps preparing or had prepared a massive contract offer for Tony Romo um, and ostensibly he would join Monday Night Football and be their lead analyst. You would think if if you're making that type of offer, maybe they want a situation. They would be all for, obviously, and maybe there'd be a real push to give Monday Night Football uh, its identity back as one of the premier games of the week, which it has lost. It still hits every once in a while, four or five games a week, where they, it is truly one of the best games of the week. But the thing is, they've lost had that. more big games this year than Sunday Night Football in the end, but that was it was a good year for them. Right, but in general, since Sunday Night Football really took hold uh, in the last 10, 15 years, Monday Night Football has been on the short end. Well, they've found a way to turn what, you know, growing up was the premier weekly football event into something not very special. I would love to see Monday Night Football treated the same way we treat Sunday Night Football. I think in the past it was like, uh-oh, but what if you had tickets for Sunday and now your family has to go? And it's like the, these people that go to these games go to them no matter what. They're going to go. It's it's, it's majorly um, detrimental to ticket buyer. It's just making the choice, which is a, a common one, that the TV audience is way more important than uh, a family going to a game. But it but is. That, and they've that already kill, made that, that kills you if you're but, if you're if you're changing from Monday to Sunday and you and you planned a, a trip. That's around. fine, but they've already you. told us that the family matters a lot less than the television audience in every single scenario. I would do two Monday night games and I would have Saturday triple headers from Thanksgiving Ooh. to the end of the year and lighten that insane Sunday slate where you can't possibly keep up with all the stuff that's happening at once. Spread it out. This goes back to my old idea of two football games a day 
I, um, I don't really like this idea what, anymore. But Saturday, I used, Sunday, Monday? I used to like two football games a day once the season starts. The math works. Uh, just all season, two games a day. Just during that last that month one for is Saturday. Insane. Just for Saturdays when college goes dead. Thursday night football, I understand it's never going to go away. It's the most important uh, program that we have on this network. And, and you know, I'm all in support of things that pay the bills here. Um, Monday is going to be always going to have a game. Sunday night, I get it. That's the showcase. But Sunday should still be a big slate of games. That's that's what you know, the NFL is found on, founded on. I, I don't like this, like, breaking it up too much. Well, the only thing so. is, what about on this, this Sunday week 16 when somehow, because of the TV finagling, like, the best game of the day is stuck at, like, 10 a.m. Pacific time when there should have been an extra slot to put these We had a great in triple primetime. header this year in uh, in one of those late weeks on Saturday. Yeah, maybe throw uh, in one, one, thing or, maybe one or two more of those. Uh, also interesting, this report was that they would... It sounds like, at least to me, it's interesting. Move it back to ABC. Take it off Mm. ESPN. Or that it would be on both. Interesting. Uh, Moving on. I think ESPN has a lot of nerve. They want to flex into better games. I want to flex into a much better broadcast on Monday nights. Please. Well, that needs to be part of it. I mean, they've got to... We'll find out what's going on there. That's all kind of hanging in the air. Uh, Not hanging in the air is the Jacksonville Jaguars' plans... Um, to play in London in 2020. The Jaguars announced uh, this happened last week, uh, but we did not get to it. The Jaguars announced that the Jags will play two of their home games at Wembley Stadium uh, over consecutive Sundays in 2020, making them the first team in NFL history to play two home games outside the United States in the same regular season. Uh, The team will touch down in London to play an additional home game to the one international matchup they've traditionally played as host in recent uh, seasons. And the move, according to the Jaguars, demonstrates a major step forward in the franchise's ongoing commitment to the UK fan base. And I would say, Wes, that if you are a Jags fan living in Florida, in that area of Jacksonville, Duval, that despite the team telling you don't worry. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere. We're invested in this area. We're not looking to move. Well, now you're there for two weeks straight. It, to me, it sends a message that they really are looking at this thing as a, an option in the long term. So you see it as sort of a first step on the way. It's like a foothold, right? I mean, I, they've been building that foothold for years. It's that- like the next move. It's almost like the second step. It's like the first step. Let's let's go there every year. Let's do a lot of uh, PR work to try to get our foot in there. So there's a lot of Jaguars jerseys in London that weekend. Now here's the second step. We're staying there for two weeks. We're giving up. Uh, what's the math? A quarter of their yeah. inventory. Hey, you don't. Twenty-five percent of your home games now over back-to-back weeks. You don't build your colony on Mars the first trip. You got to establish a foothold and then do it gradually if you're going to make that move. It's a it's a very tricky balance. Immediately, Jaguars fans, there was an outcry. There's a fan group that's formed like this coalition, you know, tens of thousands of people signing it and trying to have their rights heard because they're they're losing a game. And I one of the more salient points that I saw the some of the fans make is we're never getting that game back. I mean, that game is very likely gone for good. So now we're at six, and is it going to go to four? And, of course, you know, the worry would be that it, it goes to nothing. And Shad Khan and the Jaguars are trying to balance this of keeping the Jag- Jacksonville fans happy. And they're saying, well, you know, it's a small market. We, we can't 
it's been tough selling all the tickets, so this is like one less game to sell. But that it, it's very tricky. It, it does remind me a little bit of the Rams um, in St. Louis, where they sort of felt like they had one foot out, but had to pretend like they they didn't for a long time. Where I mean, do, where do they, you rank Jacksonville in terms of tradition and support among the thirty-two franchises? Well, tradition, it's low because it's you know one of the right, but like teams. teams but I think that in terms deserve of, to have a team in cities that deserve to have a team in the NFL. I'd say their their fan base is very strong. I think. I think they have a very passionate fan base, but if you're the problem is you have Shad Khan. When they write the history of a team finally going to London, there will be chapters written about Shad Khan's involvement, no matter what happens with the Jaguars in the end. But his interest in growing the league, which is very much in line with the NFL, has nothing to do with how Jaguars fans feel, no matter how much we view their support from their hometown. They're slowly, methodically, in their minds, getting fleeced out of two games here. It's not just one, it's two. It's two games a year. And if you're an owner, though, and you think, if I could just wipe this slate clean, and five years from now, we could be in London dealing with Wembley and Tottenham and this rabid, fan- growing fan base, or do I want to plant a team in Jacksonville? I think the answer would be clear, and there's a natural tension there, because Jacksonville's starting to feel in the rearview mirror. He, he was not their founding owner, and, and, and Khan has done it as much as he can to try to assure them. The NFL loves it, too, because the NFL is losing you know, teams that want to go over there and give up a home game with the Rams and the Chargers and the Raiders all having new stadiums. Those were like ripe teams to, to force to go to London. Now the Jaguars are saying, hey, we'll take two. That's two of the four games they're going to try to have there that they're going to have next year. And that that like everyone is happy about that, except for Jacksonville fans. Uh, Wes, name the Alabama quarterback who suffered the hip injury, but was a phenom before that. Tua. Yeah. What's his last name? Tua Tagovailoa. Pretty good. Something like that. Is that correct? I call him Tua T, but that was well <laughs> that was well pronounced by Wes, as far as I know. On this show, we call him Tua, and Tua's scan shows his fractured hip has healed, which is great news because, uh, as I just said, he was entering the 2019 college season and the 2019 NFL season, the guy that everyone was talking about, even more than Joe Burrow, as this guy that you would scam for, the guy that you would tank for. Uh, And then he got this terrible injury, and there was questions about whether he'd be able to get his full term, uh, full, uh, you know, full level of health. And it looks like he will be. Uh, So the three-month CT scan on the fractured hip, positive as possible. Uh, It's healed, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, The hip and its range of motion are good, and it will be another month before he's cleared for football activities, Rap Sheet added. Just a, a reminder... And this is good move the stick season. That's why I think it's smart. I just saw recently that there's a podcast, a move the sticks podcast. It makes sense that it's something that they roll out solely during the draft and they and they just keep it from, let's say, February through uh, the first week of May. And then, you know, obviously you make it disappear then until uh, Dan, people care Dan, to hear you again. Dan, it's yeah. a 365. All year round what? podcast, move the sticks. Yeah, there are reports that they attempt what? to wage on through the entire actual pro football season. Too. You're kidding me. That's no, that's during the NFL. Well, yeah, the, you know, clearly interest probably dries up a little bit during that part of year. <laughs> um, but this is a good time of year. Oh, By great the way, time. The, the correct pronunciation. Subscribe and download. It, it you are supposed to say tongue to start, and that. Oh, that's cool. So it, tongue tua. No tongue ovialoa. <laughs> So he he has he has spelled it out a few Tung times, and I'm just catching Tung up to this nice. too. Uh, but yeah, Tungo Vailoa. And keep in mind that starting at five, you have a run of three teams who appear to be in desperate need of a quarterback: the Dolphins, the Chargers, and Panthers. Five, six, seven. 
Uh, so Tua, I feel like he's probably going to be on one of those teams. I don't want to go full Jeremiah here uh, and, and mock that thing out. I think you're right. I, I think the Lions are that. the X factor, whether the Lions would consider taking him. And then if not, that the Lions trade that pick and someone moves up to, to grab him there. What do you say every year, Mark? I don't want to hear these quarterbacks are going yes, sixth or exactly. seven. They're going first and second. Somebody's going to trade up for two. Well, we Take- spent three months uh, you know, arguing about Kyler Murray last year, and it's just like, just fast forward to when it right. actually happens the way we all know it will. They're going to go top three, top four. The Lions are in a perfect place. When's your draft coming out, your mock draft? <laughs> I mean, that you know, I like to gather information and, and, and work with sources and farm there's out already some, some of I give information back and get it in right. return. There's already so some there's mocks a, that, on the know. site. So you're following by MJD just had his mock today. You know, we're, we're hurting for content so much on the network that uh, MJD released his mock and then other people talked about it today on NFL Now. That I'm was not like, sure you're framing MJD in the most positive light there, Greg, with the way you... I'm saying he wasn't even on to talk yeah, but about you know it. What? People were just like... Sizzler's smart here. He's doing the, now that Mayock's out of the game as the GM of the Raiders, sure. but he did the Stepped thing. Right into Everybody do your little cute Mach 1.0, 2.0, 7.0, 12.0. 3.2. Uh, Mayock, bang, drops it right. right before the draft. That's the that's the mock. That's, I believe, what you're going to do. Yeah, I mean, I think when you, you know, you want to pull from masters when you're learning to do things your own way. Now, I'm going to add my own original spin to all this, but I, I think that the Mayock timeline Works. There's I don't only, need to be releasing one on February 11th. No, there's only a 1.0 when it comes to the set. That's right. Uh, and uh, Eric Weddle retires after 13 seasons. The 35-year-old safety announces retirement last week after 13 seasons with the Chargers, Ravens, and Rams. Didn't even have a single surgery. It's my favorite Weddle stat. He had a great career. Five-time All-Pro, uh, in fact. But he had his first surgery earlier this month. He did a little shave down in the knee area. Uh, before that, never at, at a, a mm. position as physical as that to play as long as he had. Some people were born to play the sport. And I think he had a quote that really put into context like what it takes to play in the NFL. He said, the idea of getting ready for another NFL season made me want to throw up. <laughs> That's when you know it's time. That's when it's time to go. When you look at the like pro football reference comparisons, comps for where someone is after how many years like Weddle played, Steve Atwater – Willie Wood from the Packers, Johnny Robinson from the Chiefs, and Donnie Shell from the Steelers, all four of them Hall of Famers. Five, you know, making There's a, a waiting list. Making an there all, is, all, all pro uh, five times, you know, first and second team combined. That Those guys usually have a pretty strong chance to get in. I think I, Weddle might be a tougher, tougher case because there's so many things that he did that are uh, tough to define. But I, I appreciated, you know, of course when you retire, people say nice things about you, but the um, – Kind Maybe. of the, the intensity of it from his teammates, especially as as him as kind of one that kept their defenses together on whatever team he was. He seemed like he got about as much respect as, as any player or any safety, at least in the league. Nice little closer from uh, Kevin Patron, NFL.com. Famously known for chowing down ice cream after wins with his family. Now Weddle has plenty of time for Sunday desserts as he enters the next phase after an illustrious NFL career. That's a pro. Kevin Patra. See what he did there with Sunday? Keisha told me that Patra is so efficient on morning news that the people in the desk can't even keep up with him. Can't do it. I mean, the guy's... I mean, we all did it. Desk, though. We all did it, and once once you really start to get into the groove of it, there's a skill. He's been doing it for how long now? 
Well, I would. I better would, part I, of a decade. I think he's solidly written more articles for NFL.com than anyone else ever in the history of NFL.com. He's got it. He's Easily. got the strap. And then maybe he's because we've stopped doing that. He may be lapping people at this point. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding. If you looked it up, yeah. I would not be surprised. Wes, I have to ask the question. I'll ask the question. You are famously yourself not a fan of counting stats. Does that mean anything to you? What the fact that Patra is the most read writer in the history no, of this that, website? Not that. Not that that he's written the most articles. Yes, it means something to me. <laughs> yes. There it, are many it, times it, when it he wrote an article it. that we would have had to write instead. So it means a lot to me, and I I will be sending him many don't psychological gifts. It, not a psychological gifts, gifts of the mind. Thanks. It, to has the, there ever been a more uh, worthless gift than a psychological gift of the mind? Probably not. <laughs> He's uh, not only efficient and durable, but he's valuable enough that they've kept him around. Oh, he's, he's done so a that's, great job. I mean, nobody's retired him. Don't discount um, Pat Kerwin uh, in terms of those pages. Because <laughs> back in the day, it's like they only had three articles a week, and two of them were Kerwin's. He's dominating that website. From There's a ratio less, perspective. Less, yeah. less competition. It was like mm. two for Kerwin, and let's uh, let's get old Gil in here, or Vic Carucci, maybe. <laughs> Pat just doing that by 4.45 a.m. That's why they called Kerwin the ratio goat. Which never really caught on, but didn't I didn't catch it. on. I'm not. <laughs> no. uh, finally, in the news, uh, XFL debuted this weekend, and there was, if you um, were, care to par- pay attention, people seem to be over overly um, on balance. People seem to be happy with the product or uh, pleasantly surprised with the product from the XFL. I was in a situation. I had to go back home for a, a family. A situation we lost a, a loved one, and um, so in those situations, for instance, so the service was on Friday. Then uh, Saturday, I'm at my parents' place with my brother, and really nothing to do. So we ended up watching uh, the Dragons Defenders tilt, watch the whole game, the, oh, the whole thing. Those and, are teams. It, those are teams. I thought uh, that was a movie you were talking. Hold that thought, because I'm going to get to that in a second. But uh, yeah, that would have been my takeaway too. That it, the um, it looked professional. Uh, in terms of uh, the presentation and the play wasn't terrible. Did I feel like I needed to watch four quarters of Cardell Jones scrambling and then trying to hit a, a receiver breaking off his route? No, that felt excessive at this time of year. But also, I didn't see an embarrassing level of play. I didn't watch a ton of AAF. The The crowd uh, the crowd was not huge anywhere. But, you know, they, they looked like they were getting about 20000 for the first week. But the thing to keep in mind for all this stuff, and Greg, I know you probably chewed some tape on this, is don't, don't judge a league like this after week one. Let's get to about week five, week six, and see where the attendance numbers are, uh, where the attrition rate is, uh, see what the level of play is at, uh, because this is, mm. that's when it gets really difficult to launch a league. I through. chewed zero tape, unlike... Mark Sessler, who uh, watched a lot of it. Well, so uh, to me, I was wanting not, <laughs> not to like it. Witness it. I was hoping not to like it because I don't need a lot of you know other stuff happening football wise in February. But watched it with my two young boys, and they enjoyed it, and they want to go to an LA game and all this stuff. I think they the it was the four, the four highest rated sports events of the weekend in that critical 18 to 40-something category they're looking for. So it's like if you can get kids hooked Well, it was in, a competition, but... You're not going up against the World Series. Some, I some that, like, but. legit NBA, you know, national yeah. games with big teams. NBA ratings I, One thing, I thought the, the coaching seemed to be better than 
some of these other experimental leagues. And it does, you are, how do you get sucked in if there's no actual stars? If you're us and you're watching typically NFL, you're looking for new fans. I think they're one thing they can blow up the NFL rule book and say, we want, we want to do what we want. You have an extra point scenario where you can get one, two or three points based on how far you want to go out of the end zone. That's a good idea. And like, that's the thing though. Is that still a novelty a month from now? Does anyone care a month from now? Uh, kickoff stuff. Yeah, I think it could be a good breeding ground for trying different coaching and officiating. uh, Dino Blandino is the head of officiating. You want to talk about getting a nice little paycheck. Really? Yeah. He is the head of officiating for the XFL, and he's involved with the broadcast, which is a pretty good get for them. Their, Their slogan when it comes to replay review is less stall and more ball. And I'd be remiss not to say that the game that I did watch uh, Wes, because you're pumping your fist, but there is a consequence to less stall and more ball. They have the guys mic'd up and on camera during this process, and clearly the dude in one of the replays was rushing it because less stall and more ball, and he <laughs> blew the call because he only looked at it twice, and he was like, oh, this is a tough one. Uh, um, uh, stick with the call on the field, and it was plainly wrong. A, a, a rusher was laying on top of a defender and he spotted the ball as if his knee was down. You'd prefer to take six minutes to make the wrong call. I just Give me the right call. If, at the end of the day, give the me the NFL. right call. Give me the right you're call. You're not getting it. I'm sorry, but replay has made more wrong calls than before replay. Diana Rossini, uh, who's all over the place, they they have this whole ESPN sideline thing where they get the people immediately after the play, which uh, le- is going to lead to things like this. There's just a lot of trying out there to play. We're trying to make some stuff happen, and they're doing a little extra pushing and shoving. We're trying to get a job done. Just- <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to happen a lot. Pepper Johnson got fired by the uh, L.A. Wildcats as their game. D.C. after one game. Whoa! And... Uh, my my last comment, you'll know the XFL is making progress when there aren't articles on our website about week the week that happened. When there aren't. When there aren't. Because in the NFL, be like, ooh, these guys are real competition. Right. Eradicate all knowledge of them. It's <clears throat> a good point. And lastly, my, my power rankings of the team names. There are eight teams. Ricky? Number eight. The St. Louis Battlehawks. I don't like any one word name that's two words and then there's two capital letters. Capital H in there? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yep. What are the Hawks supposed to be battling? Each other? Seven, the DC Defenders. Uh, why is it all about the defense? You know, I don't, it just seems weird. Six, the LA Wildcats. I just feel like Wildcats pretty well done at this right point. Right out. Every college basketball are team. Are there Wildcats wildcat. in LA? Oh, yeah. I guess so. Bro. Guess so. There's plenty. Up in the oh, hills, yeah. dude. Cougars, bro. Crossing the highways. Five, the New York Guardians. Inglewood. New York Guardians. Defenders and Guardians? Yeah. Feels like what what job but track am I on? It's to be a guardian for a sports team. I name. will Come I will on. give them credit. Like the security guards. Yeah, the, no well. New York slash New Jersey thing, which all these startup leagues can't get over that hump. They just went with New York. For the Houston Roughnecks. Not bad. I like that. Not bad. It's a little too close to Rednecks, but Number three. what are you going to do? <laughs> Number three, the Dallas Renegades. Not bad. I feel like I've heard it before, but it's fair. Number two, Tampa Bay Vipers. That's good and nice logo too. That's you got to have a snake pit motif if you're a Viper. nine-year-old Luke jumped on Vipers right away, and I was trying to, <laughs> like I said, this is the second Tampa Bay team with suspect uniforms. Didn't care, Again, mm. went right down that hole. And number one, congratulations, congratulations, Mina Kimes, the Seattle Dragons. <laughs> Just hankering for to do power rank something. <laughs> it's just like I need to power rank it. 
Dragons number one. Hmm. Huh. Disagree? Yeah. Solid. Just get people talking. Solid. I don't know. I was about. expecting something a little more from the wilderness. That's what's happening in the news. Hey, Ricky Hollywood. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. Hey. How was birthday number 28? 28 was good. Yeah, it didn't make the 27 club, but mm. I guess that's something to be happy about. As in you didn't die. Right. Yeah, no, that's great. That's but that also older. means like I'm not a generational talent. You it know? doesn't mean, I mean, yeah, there are generational talents who made it beyond 27. That's true. Mm. That's true. Paul but, McCartney's still kicking. There you go. So that's what According you, to some. you have to live for now. Yeah. 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 You want to be the McCartney now at this point. Yep. Surpass. Not the Cobain. Uh, <laughs> anything else to report from the birthday? No, it was good. A bunch of dinners and bar parties. And Did you invite the fellas? I was out of town, but... I didn't because I wanted to do a dinner with us when all of us can be together. I knew uh, you were out of town. Wes is going out of town. Greg won't show up. You know, like, right. I just have to sort of <laughs> okay. figure out a time. So does that mean the Ricky birthday week is actually continuing then? Yeah. In a way? I mean, it's not fair that my birthday is right after Super Bowl. You know, everybody does their own little things. And, and I wouldn't expect you guys to, you know, you've just been away from your families for a week. And it's good to extend it. Get any extra thirsty podcast listeners that sent a birthday wish that was maybe a little too much? Um, None that were, well, a couple DMs in the Instagram DMs that were a little, a little too thirsty. Much, but but. But the other ones that were like very public, you know, tweets and all that, I appreciated them so much. It was so nice. Good. Felt so loved. See, I told you they'd love you. Yeah. You always worry that they wouldn't love you, but they love you. Yeah. We love you. Well, that's, that's, nice. that's all that matters. <laughs> let's spin the QB carousel. All right. Let's get this right. Let's, because what's today? The 11th of February, one day after the 10th, which was Erica's birthday. That's correct. 21120. I'm marking it right now. Let's kind of put our heads together and, and make some predictions here, too. Let's start with Phil Rivers. Uh, there was a report, uh, Greg, out there that the Bucks are legit in. Yeah, that was from the ESPN uh, Bucks writer. I feel like our network has been downplaying that more. Mike Garofolo and Ian, they, they seem to believe that Jameis Winston is is likely to be back with with the Bucks. Just one of these things needs to change, and then it all can go crazy. I'm a little worried that the carousel won't really be spinning that much, but Rivers is the one we know is out there. Well, this carousel... And, and Indianapolis, if the Colts really went for Rivers, then that then that is fun. Give me some Philip Rivers in Indianapolis. Well, That's that, what I want to happen. That one feels like it's going to happen, doesn't it? He's He's... Frank Reich, he's already worked for several times as offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Yep. Nick Sirianni, the Colts coordinator, is an actual good friend of Rivers, as in a buddy. Mm. Like, they hang out. So the Colts, to me, one of the reasons why this happened the way it did with the Chargers is because Rivers already knows he's going to end up in <laughs> – or at least that's an option for him. A, a question that Bucks fans at least are ask, asking, I think is fair, is would Phillip Rivers even be an upgrade over Jameis Winston? Um and I think that's a fair question to ask. And in, if you're in Indianapolis, is Philip Rivers enough of an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett? My answer would be yes. I, I do think, think so. I think he has a chance to still play pretty well. But this is a, a 38 year old who, who even as I'm defending him, did not have a good well, you 2019. Want, no, season. he didn't. You want him in a dome stadium where his arms, the decreasing arm strength, isn't as big of a factor, and you want him behind a good offensive line like the Colts have. I don't know if bad Philip Rivers is that different. Or any better than Jameis Winston? If you get the bad version, if you get a, a more increasingly declined version, I don't know why Arians is signing up for that. 
All right, so I can't see it. Let's let's send Rivers to Indianapolis. That's good, right? Lock it in. Lock it in. Let's By the way, in. you're the first person, Dan, who I, I did. heard say I, that. I, I way back in like it made late sense. October. It made sense then. It still makes sense now, and they can kick the can a little bit. The Colts and, and figure out who their long term guy is. They can draft someone. I'm throwing one wild card out there. I'm not pushing for it because I won't get consensus. The Raiders, Gruden, mm. and Rivers for one or two years. It may be just one. Is that an upgrade over Derek Carr? I am not saying that it is a huge upgrade, but it feels like something that Gruden yes. could sign up for. Well, it feels like every quarterback we're going to mention, Gruden would sign up for. Like, <laughs> he likes his veterans, though. I don't I, think that Gruden, Gruden and a 21-year-old, I don't know. Like I, We're going to you know. go through these free agents, and I think that the potential trades out there, like Carr or Cam or, the, or Foles even, or Taysom Hill, if, if you, if you want to believe in that. Um, Cam's the wild card, I think. Are all kind of wild cards where if one of them gets traded, if if Carr is suddenly gone or available, that then that changes everything. All right, let's spin it. And uh, this is a big name, obviously, Tom Brady. And I'll start with this one. I just I would be stunned if he ends up anywhere else. So I'm going to say the carousel stops and he sticks right where he is, even if he also moved his house and headed out of state. He's not long for New England either way. But for another year, especially if they end up poning him up, poning up the 30 million or whatever. And again, the Patriots then, it also gives them the opportunity, like the Colts, to draft a quarterback and start developing someone. This time, though, for real, it didn't work out with Jimmy G because Brady just kept playing. But this time, they actually would be grooming a young kid for the future. Brady stays in New England. Who disagrees? Who agrees? What? I'm with you 100%. I think, he, I think he wants to be wanted, and this process might address some of that and then have New England come out in a total pantomime show and say, yes, we're going to pay you a lot. Yes, you know, the quote was weapons at. He wants stuff added around him. He doesn't want to be in last year's offense. I think all that – New England is the best situation for him. Uh, for him to seamlessly not start over with a new playbook, work with Josh McDaniels, and hope that you get it right – and probably the best situation year. for the Patriots. Are they really going to you know, do better than him? I think it'd be difficult. I don't buy the talk that he's going to – the idea that he could make it to free agency, and this has been on our network too, and see what he's worth and then come back. I mean, if you're talking about I want more weapons and um, – you know, he wants the team around him to be good. If he gets the free agency and comes back, they have to pay whatever Tom Brady's going to cost plus $13.5 million in dead cap money. It makes no sense. I just can't see Bill Belichick operating like that. I think the Patriots at some point will have to be – will have to say if you reach free agency, like we're moving on. They either get the deal done before free agency starts – or not, because otherwise it, it makes no sense to bring him back plus thirteen million dollars of fake money. Mm. He, Lord knows, he's earned the benefit of the doubt, but I'm still floored by how much benefit of the doubt he's getting compared to other quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. And people keep mentioning the Titans, and if you're the Titans, why in the world you've got Ryan Tannehill, who you're probably going to keep who can escape pressure, who's athletic, and can hit passes down the field, and you're going to move on from him for the Tom Brady who played in 2019? I don't see that at all. The only the only issue there is that any of the 31 other owners would sign up for scenarios like that. In many cases where Tom Brady changes everything, people think about your team for the next year. From a coaching angle? I, I, I do wonder like if the if this is one where the insiders don't have a good read on it, kind of like Peyton Manning back in the day because it's such a big deal. 
But if you believe that the insiders had a read on it, it really feels like it's just Chargers or Patriots, that there that there's not going to be the level of interest um, by any other team. And even that, the Chargers feel like a pretty big underdog in that scenario. All right, Drew Brees, spin the carousel, Mark. Drew Brees, to me, is staying with the Saints or doing nothing else. He sort of made that clear. And so I think that they're bringing him back. And he had very interesting comments where he basically said if they want to give Taysom Hill, for instance, 25 or 30 touches, that he'd be open to that. And I do see what I'm hoping for. What I'm, my, my wish list item would be a hill Breeze two-headed combo sting your butt offense where you don't know if it's going to come by land or through air or how and you put them both on the field a bunch and you just go Sean Payton fever dream scenario and you don't get rid of either I don't I just think Breeze would never wind up anywhere else that's my guess but retirement would be the other option well sure but I'm saying with another team like him going to the Chargers would be very a nice way to wrap all that but that's not gonna happen he said it hasn't he yeah basically I'm I'm going but he's trying to throw the retirement stuff out there as a real thing and and people who uh you know cover the game like Booger McFarland said he thinks Breeze is gonna retire there's some Saints fans that that buy it I feel like this is the only leverage that Breeze has is to say he's gonna retire and I really do think the end game for them is they're they're trying to get rid of Taysom Hill. Why would they want to get rid of Taysom Hill? Because I, I can't really figure out why they've been trying to art, like you know, inflate his stock otherwise. Because why it, do you? I it, mean, don't you think that? I know there's all these conspiracy theories that Sean Payton's been doing this for three years, inflating his stock. He called him Steve Young in August, right? Way after contract negotiation is done. There's no leverage. That's a long game. I don't know. Like the Patriots, you don't think there's curiosity. He's the equivalent of like Michael Lombardi talking up Ryan Mallett. Here's here's a a point against uh, or for the sell of it all that he calls him Steve Young in August. Drew Brees busts up his thumb in week two. And then you put the other guy in there. You didn't put he's him been in. on the team. Well, we talked about that, but right, I think that'd be on different team. next next September. He's next been on the October. team for three years, though. This is not a, a young player in the there NFL. There was never not a time to get old. a look at him. That he's, was it. He's been with the Saints on their roster for three years. I don't know. What if it's not a leverage thing and he just gets overexcited about quarterbacks and toys like sure. John Gruden always has? Some coaches just like to... To throw sunshine. Well, here's the thing. Or maybe he's trying to pacify Taysom Hill, who has now said publicly he believes he's a franchise quarterback. And if the Saints don't see me that way, then maybe I should be playing elsewhere. I think he clearly is interested in seeing if there's a team out there that wants him. I just am skeptical that that they will. Especially if they put a first-round tenor on him, forget about it. Like, seeing what he did against the Vikings and seeing how he's – like you. I, in my notes, almost every game, I'm I'm writing Saints need t- more Taysom Hill. Why would Sean Payton say I got to get rid of this guy? I don't I don't understand that for a like, for Breeze who would be on the final year for a first round one pick. Year. Can they afford to pay uh, both those guys? Well, he's a restricted free agent, so he'll be cheap. So what does that mean exactly? So they just need to put a tender on him, a first or or a second or or the original round one, and it's a low one year contract that they can keep. Taysom Hill for it'll be a, a like handful three million dollars. yeah handful like three million dollars something like that or they could put a second round tender and see if they can entice. but you're not paying Teddy Bridgewater I, Taysom Hill where I is he then so, no. is he back in New Orleans that's my thing think? is both Saints I just say I think you double down on what was beginning to be a very good thing and you can navigate out of stormy waters I I look at the Chargers and Panthers as two possibilities the Chargers Panthers. 
as much as people keep putting Tom Brady on the Chargers, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me since Anthony Lynn is quite clearly one of the more athletic quarterback behind center, which Taysom Hill would be. And if the Panthers get rid get rid of Cam Newton, seems like Taysom Hill could be a good experiment for a mm. franchise that is looking to be pretty progressive in the way they think. All right, Cam Newton. Oh, yeah. Wes. This is the wild card, and I think I'd lean toward him staying with the Panthers. But I've noticed for about six months now, every time Ian Rappaport talks about this, he refuses to say Cam Newton's going to be back with the Panthers. And if you parse it a little bit, it just seems like it's coming from upstairs. It's coming from the very top of the flow chart that maybe they're ready to turn the page. And yet, if you don't have anybody to replace him, how do you get rid of a guy with his talent? Even though he's a wild card, both in the quarterback picture and with his health and what kind of quarterback he's going to be going forward. I, I thought they would want to keep him because why not see what he looks like in this new offense and then and then move on after that if it doesn't work. But, man, Mike Garofolo, you know, talk about it today, almost said it matter-of-factly that Cam's going to be available. Like, he is going to be available. And to me, the Chargers, I just love this combo. This is the guy to open your stadium with. This is a guy that Anthony Lynn, I think, could get behind. You even got Tyrod behind him somehow kind of fits. Like, Cam to the Chargers, let's fly. It could it could totally not work, but I feel like it'd be a, a big swing worth taking. The, the, it's kind of played out, almost as played out as much as Taysom Hill was the best player on the field in that playoff game is that the Chargers desperately need somebody to open up that new building with (laughs) that they could sell tickets around and Tom Brady would be the number one guy. Cam would be somebody that you that would bring some juice there. Absolutely. And something that uh, if you're a Chargers fan, if you're if it's a bittersweet situation with Phil Rivers. If Cam has a nice spring and his arms looking good and the and the and the vibe is upbeat around him. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. I kind of like that idea of the Chargers and Cam Newton. It works. Whenever I think about Cam Newton in a different uniform, this is it keeps coming up as Chicago Bears. Why? I just think that they need to make they desperately now. Do I trust that the Chicago will self-examine to the to the degree of realizing the need to have a different situation at quarterback? But I just love the idea of Cam Newton in Chicago for no no more reason than that. I don't. You can connect him to the Chargers, but there's not any facts surrounding him with that either. I mean, I don't necessarily yeah. love him on the Chargers just because they're would, the Chargers. With the Bears, I would put them more in that Titans club of a year ago where they might get like a Teddy Bridgewater, put him behind. Then I'd have to ask, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing at quarterback if you're going to replace well, so, Mitch Trubisky I, I with I told Teddy you, I kind, of, I kind of have this image of I, I don't mind a world where it's Teddy Bridgewater and Jarrett Stidham for the AFC East champion 2020 uh, Patriots. It's just get weird. <laughs> that would be that that would be very awkward. weird. So what are we doing with Cam Newton? What's our final decision? We're putting him well, on the Chargers. I mean, it's tough to all agree, but I am. In this case, we're we have different uh, viewpoints, obviously. So the Panthers make sense uh, if you want to go there. The Chargers, I like that. Greg does as well. Mark is saying the Bears. Uh, so that you would, do not like that. I can tell by the tone of your. What voice. about? I just uh, don't think it's likely based on what we know and what right. the GM said. Well, I think a lot of stuff that happens is unknown at this point. Oh yeah, like we, the idea that what we know, what we, we have know very is, little is, reporting around any of this. Like the Raiders, uh, you could almost throw the Raiders for every team, but I yeah. maybe John Gruden would be interested in Cam Newton. That would that would be fun. Maybe the Jaguars. I think they're probably going to go forward with Gardner Minshew. Um, but could they be an X factor like in, in all of this too? Get spicy, Jaguars. 
uh, Dak, Tannehill, both staying with their teams, I assume we believe in. Yes. I do. Tannehill just uh, signed, uh, fired his agent. Sucks to be a guy's agent, and then mm. like right as they're going to hit a major payday, he went Ouchers. to uh, <laughs> That's a tough break. CAA. There's been no indication that he would be leaving, and I think the, the Titans-Brady connection has been pretty summarily dismissed, um, not just by West, but by a few <laughs> a few others. So I think I don't it doesn't make any sense. It. it doesn't make any sense. And finally, Jameis Winston. Spin the carousel of doom for Jameis Winston. Dun, 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 dun. My fear is that all these guys are going back to their teams. It's not going to be as fun as we think. So I'm going to put them on the Raiders. Let's, let's have John Gruden get wild. And just think he can be the man who oh fixes Jameis Winston in that combination. So I don't even know if it's so it makes perfect any because sense, Gruden's pulling out his hair because his quarterback won't take any shots. So he goes all the way out of the other side of the spectrum and gets the guy who is chemically addicted to taking shots at all times. And you know they finish seven and nine either way. Derek Carr then goes to the Panthers. I mean, why not? <laughs> Carr's a bit of. I mean, I don't know how you sell Winston as a starter anywhere. Outside of Tampa Bay, where they believe because the GM drafted him that they can stick with him. I think he's staying in Tampa Bay. I know he messed himself up a little bit there with those last two weeks. But remember, the reporting out there eight days before the season was over is that Tampa was all good. We're good. He's our guy. He's coming back. That's uh, and then he I never, bonded I don't out those two games. I any of that junk, though. That's uh, league leader in yards and interceptions. Jameis Winston, you're talking about 5,100 yards. James and like second and touchdowns, second or third and touchdowns. I'm going to throw one wild card 8. at you. 8.2 yards per attempt. One wild card. I would be willing to bet a sandwich that Matthew Stafford is not the week one starter in Ooh. Detroit and Ooh. not on the Lions roster. And uh, th- that's where the sandwich. They sam- track this one. That's please. where the sandwich prop ends. But my guess right now and where I can see him again, it's just like keeps coming to mind, is Matthew Stafford your week one Chargers starter. Mm. Okay. I love what you're doing here with the Stafford not on the Lions thing, but I'm going to take the sandwich. Sure. Yeah, I will take the sandwich as well. I will too, but I I think you got a I think you got a shot here. Why are the what Mark. is the I would love to to get a little bit more background on why there's this buzz about Matthew Stafford and the Lions having it. Because there was buzz last year before the draft, which I, I there was posturing and maybe that's that's all it was, but you are sitting in a prime scenario at number 3 to get one of these quarterbacks and Kind of start over, and I think that not that you're thinking about Matthew Stafford, but I can't think of a quarterback who might suddenly take it up a notch by being on a different team in a different organization. If we say that about Phillip Rivers, I certainly feel that way about the Lions, but I think the Lions might be ready to move on with something different at quarterback. Well, he was here. excellent before he got hurt. I'm not, it's not because he stinks. It's not because he's de- a detriment to the it's team. Don't they have enough holes, especially on defense? Where they can oh, look do at that do draft? five totally unpredictable things happen between now and the draft? If you believe yes. Tua, who is going to be the, you know, everyone thought was going to be the number one overall draft pick before this, you know, hip injury and, and Burroughs rise. You know, if you believe in him as like a generational type of guy, it's it's not a crazy right. thing. And you can get a lot for Matthew Stafford, yes. you would think. There are people who believe Tua, even after the hip injury, has a much higher ceiling than Joe Burrow. I would love to see, if I was a Lions fan, and I, I liked and thought that Matthew Stafford had three to five you know, great years left, to take that pick and leverage it to have end up having three or four first-round picks That's in this year and next, yeah. and then restock that defense, which has been a disgrace. That's fine. All I'd say is you've got to trust the front office to do that. I think they can... I don't, I don't have to trust I, them. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if I was, well, if well, I was looking so at that roster... So it's been Matthew Stafford and the Lions since 2009. 
and they right. feel to me like the same team the entire time. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, I'm saying sort of build a, a real build build a real team around the guy, or maybe. do that ten years ago. I I'm with think, you. I'm not. But they never have, so maybe this would be an opportunity to really redo that roster the right way. Before we move on, can I can I spin the wheel one more time? Go ahead. Oh yeah, we got a couple guys. But here's one that just keeps getting disrespected. How about the old red it's, rifle? It's not a wheel, by the way. It's a carousel. <laughs> it's a wheel shaped. Carousel. Up in the saddle. Whatever happened to the red rifle? Hey, every, it's like everyone forgot he exists. He's still under contract uh, with the Bengals. Very tradable contract. The Bears. Know. He's the Bears there guy. There we go. So you trade him. He's Let's the Bears guy. Let's put him on guy. the Bears. I like that. And he's I'm the guy him. who takes Mitch's job, and then the Bears get better. That's how Ryan That's Pace it. sells this offseason. If you were a Bears fan, would you be excited about that? No, I if would. It's like better than not getting Andy Dalton. I, I, I name get a it, Titans like fan we, that was excited about solving, Tannehill last offseason. But we're solving right. our Mitch Trubisky problem with with Andy Dalton. Yes, because you're getting Mitch Trubisky out of the building or out of that. Well, here's spot. here's I got another one for you potentially in Chicago. I just just thought of it. Let's spin the old carousel. Nick Foles for like a sixth round draft pick, back to his buddy Matt Nagy. Were they buddies? Then they were together a little bit. And then he's the guy behind Mitchell Trubisky. They're going to try to dump. Like then, he's, then he's they're cracked to rib by week four. They're going to try to dump. They're going to try to dump Foles for, and they'll have to pay some of his salary too. It's just a disaster. But I don't think they're going to want him. So guys left without a saddle here: Brissett, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, Marcus Mariota, Joe oh, yeah. Flacco, and I don't. To be clear, I don't think Flacco's getting a sniff of a starting job. Bunch of these guys are backups. It's, I don't, it's Flacco. It's a, this Flacco is, it's right? it's a buyer's market. I think um, I think it's very hard, Mark, to unless you, we want to put Mariota on the Bears too and solve their problem with Marcus Mariota because they. I think not it's very hard if you're the Bears to find someone that's going to electrify the fan base this year. They're in a tricky situation where they're going to keep the guy and hope he could figure it out. But if you can get somebody, I think Dalton is a like almost a perfect um, comparison point to Tannehill from last year, where you have a guy you put behind him that you know has done it in the past, that if he gets comfortable and is in the right spot, they could he could be a guy that can help you win games and score points. He's not dynamic. He's not gonna he's not gonna be po- fat heads. Oh, do they still make fat heads? Oh, he's yeah. not gonna be fat heads all over the walls of uh, kids' rooms in Chicago with Andy Dalton on it. But you never know. He might he might get hot, and he would be to me a clear improvement over there. Well, I, to, on your side of the argument. Bears ownership seems allergic to creating a stir around their team. So that I do not. I, Andy Dalton fits perfectly with the way with what I seem to think. Bears ownership. I would love to have a, a Dalton fathead with that red mohawk he used to be doing. Remember when he had the ESPN yeah, the magazine saucy. cover? What are, what are you going to do with? And he went the red. Look good I, with that haircut. I think. I would. Uh, what are you going to do with this fathead? You know, I'd put it on the wall. That's what you do. Who's wall? You just gaze yeah, right. longingly into Andy Dalton's eyes every night. Not in my house. I don't see that happening. All right. <laughs> don't worry, Mark. The Bears, they'll, they'll figure it out eventually. I am not okay. worried for them, but I, the idea that we're, like, that we are, are we're, we're only allowed to shove like raging mid-tier mezzanine-level passers onto their roster is like, are they not treated no, you're right. the same as any other I team? hope they, they look back at what they said on New Year's Eve and, and – are embarrassed that they, you know, say Trubisky's our guy for sure. Maybe they'll just change their mind. I'd, I'd applaud it. But I think even Cam Newton, yes, there's some sex appeal there, of course, with the name brand. But like, 
I don't know. To me, Andy Dalton might be a better fit for that situation. 80% of the quarterbacks that we're all that are driving the new ship right now and all of it will be out of the league in two years. It's just name recognition, aging name recognition quarterbacks. None of them are the future of the NFL. They'll all be gone within two years. I mean, preach. It's just who cares where Tom Brady goes. Right, Bra- Breeze and Brady. But all these younger guys are Philip Rivers. Jacoby. You know, Stone Age Ponies. Dalton. Um, all right. We'll be back on Thursday with another show. Um, so make sure you're there for that. And uh, anything else? Wes, uh, have fun. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. Plan when, on it. When do you uh, leave for Thursday morning? You got to find somebody to fill my chair. Well, that's a te- that's a test, and we're going to do our best. It's all can be said. Or it's like when you set a place out for Jesus sometimes, I believe, or a, or a missing family member. You just put a thing where they would be eating. We do, we do that with Wes. You a just bowl like of cereal or something. Get a chimp and sit him here and see what happens. <laughs> Wes is kind of like a, a Christ-like figure for this podcast. <laughs> what? <I feel> like. <laughs> um. All right, let's go. On that note. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.